0: Hallelujah. Turn in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to finish up my little four-part uh, mini-message series on winning the bitterness battle. And I'm telling you, this this little series, I, after I got into it, I thought I should have done this on Sunday morning uh, because how many of you know there's a lot of people that are struggling with the bitterness battle. Uh, but, hey, you take it to them. Uh, and because I'm telling you, Pastor Sunny, this was inspired at nothing. And listen, I very rarely do I set it home. And think up things that I feel like are divinely inspired. You would that might embarrass you a little bit, but other people inspire me. We were at a, a, a father-son type uh, leadership meeting uh, with uh, Doctor Shibley, and and who was the fine friend who shared with us Mullins, uh, Tom Mullins, Tom Mullins. Man, I didn't even know that guy existed, but man, he rocked my world, uh, and just a phenomenal teacher uh, and preacher and minister. Uh, David Shibley said this uh, in one of his sessions. He said, bitterness is the silent killer. I don't know if you remember that, but man, I, what? And so I knew I had listened to a little bit of one of Robert Morris's messages on bitterness, the root, getting roots out and whatnot. And so when he said that the silent killer, I said, well, if it's the silent killer, I can't be silent. And so this little series was born and it's made a difference in my life and I wish I had time to go back and just rehearse and review um, the things that uh, uh we've talked about if you if you've missed uh uh any of these please go back and 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 listen to the 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 audio these aren't on video they're on audio because each one of these messages they stand alone but yet work together to help us Walk victorious over this silent killer. So with that in mind, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, let's look in verse 14. It says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. That phrase, it doesn't mean like in heaven. It means you'll not have fellowship with God. In other words, if you're not right with others, you can't and right with God, you're not going to have fellowship with me. You get that? We'll talk about that more tonight. And then he says, Looking carefully, everyone say looking carefully. Lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness... There it is. Any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who became very bitter, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently. With tears, bitterness cost him, how many of you know bitterness will cost you? But it's also very contagious by it. Many are defiled. The word defiled means stained. To, in fact, it means to D-Y-E, to die with another color. In other words, when bitterness invades your world, and you tell me if this is not the case, when bitterness invades your world, it will stain you. And even after you find forgiveness, you know you're, forgiveness, you're forgiven and you're walking right with God. But if somebody comes along and starts digging around there, all of, you real, all of a sudden you realize, ooh, this thing still has a stain. It, it left a mark. How many of you know bitterness will leave a mark? And so it's huge in our life and we've got to win the bitterness battle. And then we, we learned that, that winning the bitterness battle all comes down to choices in our life. It really does. The choices we make. Uh, and in fact, Jesus on the cross, I love this. What did they give him? They gave him bitter gall to drink. And they put it to his, he tasted it, but he didn't drink. He chose not to drink. And therefore the, the bigger picture is he was there on the cross and he was able to say, father, what forgive them for they know not what they're doing. He did not get bitter in his life. And then we looked at Joseph and we learned that from his life, he lived free he lived bitter free. He never let bitterness. If anyone should have had a license to be bitter, it should have been Joseph. When your brothers sell you, when they when they think about killing you, they're going to kill you. Then they sell you off to the I think the Ishmaelites who sold him to Egypt. Uh, My telling you uh, that that ought to give you a right to be bitter. But he never got bitter. His brothers were bitter, but he didn't let his bitter brothers make him bitter. Tell your neighbors, say, don't let your bitter brother make you bitter. Don't let your bitter brothers make you bitter. You can't let your bitter, you can't drink the bitter water. Bitter water's not better. It's bitter. Don't drink that. And it's bitter. And it's bad for you. And it's poisonous. Uh, and so Joseph, uh, we looked at his life and he out, and gosh, he outlined a, a, a life uh, free from bitterness. We looked at that. It all comes down to choices. Last week, oh gosh, I got to tell you this, Pastor Sonny, this word, I might have shared it with you, it might have been at 5.30 one morning, you forgot, but the Hebrews 12.15, looking carefully, it's where we get the word episkopos, it's episkopeo, and what he's saying is, be the overseer of your own life. How many of you know you've got to take responsibility for what's inside your heart? And when he says, when he gets to this root of bitterness, you better be the episcopos You better be the overseer. You better be the ba- You better take responsibility for what's going on in your life. Lest you fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. Let me just tell you something. If the root of bitterness is, if you're battling the root of bitterness in your life, it's because you didn't take responsibility and be the overseer of your heart. Are you with me? Say amen. And it all comes down to choices. And last week we looked, uh, we've been looking at Ephesians 4.31. And Ike, I don't know where this starts. I think it starts at the fine art of forgiveness. Uh, and we'll read that in just a moment. That's where, I forgot where my notes began with you, Ike. But we looked at Ephesians 4 last week. And and because uh, Ephesians 4.31 says, uh, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor with evil speaking be put away with from you with all malice. And then it says in verse 32, "...and be kind to one another, forgiving one another, tenderhearted, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you." That's how we should be forgiving. And so I went through Ephesians 4, and I found 10, if you will overseer insights where you where where Paul was leading up to this key point about not being bitter but being a forgiver and loving others and being tender-hearted and and he began to give uh insight. so I gave you 10 uh that uh that are our, our, our choices we make in life uh to allow us to be the episcopeo, the episcopas over our own life and not let bitterness enter our life. And so that was last week and it ended with this phrase. The last, number 10 was, you got to learn to forgive completely. Everyone say forgive completely. I mean, you, you really do. And here's what he says, and be kind to one another. Forgiving, the word forgive means to freely and favorably grant a full pardon. Everyone say a full pardon to release them. And we're going to see a passage. In fact, if you want to turn to another passage and hold your place, you can go to Matthew 18. Don't start reading there, but we're going to read some passages. This is going to be a little simple insight tonight about the fine art of forgiveness, because I want to tell you, uh, uh, you can't talk about bitterness and, and, and getting free from bitterness without talking about forgiveness. He said, let all this. I wish I started to say. C-R-A-P. I just started to say that. Let all this, in fact, verse 31, that's what it's all that stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? It really is. Let all, uh, hey, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor with evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. That's all, that's just poo-poo, man. That's, you got to get that out of your life. And the only way to do it is to learn how to forgive. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, we got to learn to forgive. It's the fine art of forgiveness, and so that's what we want to talk about a little bit tonight. I want to—it's just some simple thoughts uh, that I want to give you some hopefully simple and short thoughts about forgiveness. Uh, I don't have ten points; I just have a few from Matthew 18. But let me let me just give you a couple of forgiveness facts interesting. My wife got this one correct. The first one, I think she's had to hang with the nursery tonight because of some scheduling conflicts. But I ask her this question, where in the Bible is the first place forgiveness is mentioned? Where it says someone should forgive someone without doing a Google search. I mean, come on now, uh, you know, I'm not going to give you that much time unless you're really fast. Where in the Bible is the first place forgiveness is mentioned? Anybody have any ge- brave enough to guess? Sermon on the Mount? No, a lot earlier than that. Anybody up, pardon me? Garden of Eden? Um, yes? Pardon me? Esther? No. Any other guesses? Canaanite? No, no, it's not mentioned. Mm-hmm. Not mentioned. I'm sure that anybody want to know. Yeah, surely you do. Here's the first place. Now there, there may be a, a a a veiled reference to it somewhere else, but the first place where it says someone needs to forgive is in in Genesis fifty. With Joseph and the brothers, because Joseph's dad told them, and you remember, daddy's dead, and the brothers thought, OMG, now it's coming down on us. That's now, Joseph now, he's been holding off because daddy's alive, but now daddy's dead, and and, OMG, uh, Joseph's going to rain it down upon us, because surely he's bitter just like us. And here's what the daddy told the brothers. Got a smart daddy here. Daddy didn't do everything right. Daddy kind of, he kind of, he was an enabler to this bitterness these brothers had. They were so bitter against Joseph because he was the favorite. And, but daddy in his latter years, he said, and it, you know, maybe he came to himself, but he said, you go to Joseph and you tell him that, that you, you ask him to forgive you. Forgive us. Dad said, go to Joseph and ask forgiveness. They were so apprehensive about that about that because they feared Joseph's retaliation and his vindication over all these years. They just couldn't believe that he wasn't all built up with bitterness against them, uh, they sent representative servants to go say, hey, uh, it, my, the brothers sent us to ask to tell you that your daddy told you to forgive us and we're to forgive you. And so he starts weeping and you know the story. And I just think that's really interesting to me that this Joseph, how many of you know Joseph is a picture of, of Christ? And when you look at the life of Joseph, and one of the, and I'm not saying Joseph was a was not God; he was not perfect. But the Scripture is very. uh, uh easy on him. I'm telling you, you can't find any fault in the guy other than, you know, he's a human and you know, he, he, he sinned. But in this scenario, he never let bitterness invade his life and he stayed right and good. And you know what he said, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when they came to him, he said, Hey, listen, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good that many people would be saved today. He never got bitter. And he's a picture of Christ who came and, 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 and saved us. And that's why even on the cross he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't, they didn't realize. In fact, that's kind of what Joseph was saying. You just don't realize even in the middle of this mess that you were in and how bad it was, God meant it for good. Somebody say amen. And so, hey, I just thought that was an interesting little insight about forgiveness. Uh, And how many of you know, how many of you appreciate the fact that God never got bitter? against humanity or a bitter against god so we could be saved amen i think that's a great picture now here's the principle number two that is so clear in the new testament uh just a forgiveness fact uh and it's this if we don't forgive others god won't or can't forgive us if we do not forgive god can't forgive God could forgive, but God won't forgive. God's not going to break this 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 directive over us. And there's many places in Scripture, but the most clear one is in Matthew chapter six. We've looked at it when Jesus. The, it's the it's the three when's. You remember the three when yous in Matthew six. When you what? Give somebody say give. That's part of who we are. That's our. That's our. That's becoming our DNA. I just really believe that uh, we, we're called to give. Let me just say this. I'm gonna. Everybody hit the pause button. Everybody hit the pause button. Here we go. I meant to say this a minute ago. This is just 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 see law this for a moment. We're called to gather. We're called to grow. We're called to give. And we're called to go. I I just think that's the the word of the Lord for us. And we're called to give. Amen? And so, uh, and if we don't give forgiveness, we're not going to get forgiveness. So in Matthew 6, when you give, when you pray, and when you... Oh, somebody remembered fast. Most people leave that one off. Uh, But when you give... He, then he says pray this way you remember our father which art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and then after he says for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever amen he said no by the way let me just tell you if you don't forgive your brother i can't forgive you it's the only thing he went back and reviewed with them he said and and so in my mind jesus say this is a biggie here. And so, just a fact, if, if we're not walking in, what did I say on number 10 last week? Complete, for, or forgive completely. If we're not completely forgiving, then, hey, we are not being forgiven. We are not right with God. That's what the Hebrews 12 said. Pursue peace with all people without such uh, and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Your relationship with God is going to be stifled and and stymied stymied and undermined because of this unforgiveness in our hearts. So as we close out this bitterness, winning the bitterness battle, we got to close out with talking about forgiveness a little bit. And, And so just to affirm this, Thought, look in Luke thirty Luke six thirty-seven and thirty-eight. I want you to see it. Just affirm it again. Luke six, and then I'm gonna give then we're gonna to go to Matthew. Uh, Luke six uh, thirty-seven and thirty-eight. Look what Jesus says. If I can get there, I bet you beat me. Thirty-seven and thirty-eight. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. How many of you know bitterness will make you a judge? Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. In other words, he's building a principle here. Forgive, and you will be what? Forgiven. You will be. You see, walking in forgiveness with God on a daily basis as a believer is... Hingent upon our ability to walk rightly in our hearts with our fellow man. In fact, what does it say in scriptures, Pastor Sonny, about husbands, if they're not right with their wife, what happens to their prayers? They're hindered. That your prayers be not hindered. And listen, I'm telling you, I, you can try to pray, but if you're not right with, in your heart with others, your prayers are hindered and listen we're we're at a place right now and let me just tell you, I think humanity's at a place, our nation is a place uh, uh, our government is at a as a place, our lives are at a place where we cannot afford for our prayers to be hindered any longer and so Jesus is building and then I love this because people 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 just want to read verse thirty-eight, but he's talking about a principle of uh, really of sowing and reaping. If you don't sow, you're, if you don't sow forgiveness, you are not going to be forgiven. Look at verse thirty-eight: Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, uh, uh, will be put into your bosom. Uh, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. That's the principle. That's the principle of forgiveness. Everybody say, I got it, Pastor. I just wanted you to get those two thoughts. Anybody who, uh, hey, the first place uh, where forgiveness was really clearly referenced is in Genesis 50 with Joseph uh, and Joseph's dad and those bitter brothers. uh, And man, it's just a wonderful story. He blessed them. He took care of them. He forgave them completely. In fact, I don't know that he ever was bitter against them, but his actions reveal that if in his heart he did have anything, he was a forgiver. Are you with me? Say amen. Now, are you in Matthew 18? I'm going to make this simple tonight. It's uh, Matthew 18, Peter comes and he asks a question. And I got a feeling that Peter was having... (laughs) How many of you know when you're in leadership or or when you're dealing with people uh there's people problems right? And so we don't know why he asked this question, but undoubtedly there was a story behind it. You gotta know it, it didn't pop out of his head. Verse 21, then Peter came to him, that is Jesus, and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? How many of you know, he's probably having issues with somebody, I don't know who it was. You got any guesses, Pastor Sonny? Uh, That's probably a cranky person in the crowd somewhere or, you know, I don't know, there's always somebody. It might've been Peter. You know, if you've got a, it might've been, you remember the Bible? Bob principle, if Bob's got a problem with everybody, Bob's probably the problem. Anybody, you got anybody in your life that's got a problem with everybody? You just tell them, hey, you you got a problem with everybody. Well, maybe it's you. Maybe you're the problem. Well, I don't know if Peter was the problem, but he he was having problems. And here's Jesus' response. I'm telling you, when it comes to forgiveness, Jesus is not short-winded. Now, think about this. Some things came up, uh, and and we would think they're biggies, and Jesus would just say like three or four words, go and do likewise, or don't do that anymore. (laughs) He told told the woman caught in in uh, in the adultery in the very act, don't do that anymore. Stop that. Everybody say, stop that. You know, you think, well, she needs counseling. We need to take her and run her through the ringer, that adulterous woman. And just stop that. But when it comes to forgiveness and unforgiveness, this question, Jesus is not short-winded. Here we go. I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Anybody doing any math there? 490 times. You know what he was really saying? Now he's talking about it in a day, okay? In fact, in other words, what he's saying, there's no number here. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, oh, he. therefore, oh, therefore, when you see a therefore, you need to look back, see what the therefore is there for. Oh, you talk talking about forgiven people? Let me tell you a story. Let's get an illustration going here. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Now, that's important right there. We'll talk about it. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Uh, anybody know what a talent was worth? Because that's a lot of money there in Jesus' day. You might remember a talent, Pastor Sonny? Don't remember? You want to Google it, Susan? You can interrupt me at any given point here. Uh, and so he owed him 10,000 talents, uh, but as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had that payment may me. met. May that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, master, have patience with me and I will pay you. Then the master of the servant was moved. Now he's telling a story here. Let me just stop. He he's given an illustration. This is not a real story. I just want to throw this out. This is an illustration that bubbled up out of Jesus. When Peter said, how many times do I need to forgive this? Not head head in the church. Okay. Basically. And he's telling this story. The master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him. Everyone say, released him. Say, released him and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, a couple of bucks maybe. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay his debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him and said to him, you wicked servant, now catch this, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Now this is an illustration about how we forgive others. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he he should pay all that was due him. So Now, here's the kicker. Here's the setting of the hook. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Whoo! Everybody go, whoo! I'm telling you, that's stouter than what? Anybody know what that's stouter than? That's stouter than nine acres of mowed garlic. That's stout. Now here's Jesus saying, if you let for unforgiveness get all bottled up inside you, after I have forgiven you completely, released you and forgiven you, He got set free. He was totally absolved. He was pardoned his debt was erased he's free man i'm telling you there should have been a pentecostal dance right there but no he went out and 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 revealed that he was not a forgiver like he had been forgiven and so whoo it's just stout So you're, let's just, let me just hit 35 for us again. Because I'm telling you, this is why Jesus in Matthew 6 went back and said, I need to tell you this. If you don't get this forgiveness thing down, you're in serious trouble spiritually. Because I can't forgive you if you don't forgive. So my heavenly Father also will do to you, what? Turn you over to the torturers. Let me just tell you, bitterness is a bitter, poisonous, torturous, depressed. Unforgiveness is sick and sad. It's the worst torture that, that you, can, you can experience in your brain and life and mind. And ooh, it's bad. And he said, if you don't from your heart forgive his brother his trespass. Whew. So, with that in mind, I'm just going to give you four simple thoughts about forgiving completely. All right? Just simple. Number one, forgive continually. Verse 21 and 22, that's the passage. How many times? Seven times in a day? No, seven times 70. In other words, you're always, it's just who you are. This should be the DNA of our life. I'm a forgiver. You can't, you can't make me bitter because I'm a forgiver. That's who I am. It's interesting to me that Jesus, when he taught his disciples and taught us to pray, he threw that in there: "Forgiveness." And then he reaffirmed it. Uh, and how many of you know we should always be praying the way Jesus would want us to pray? It's not—it's the model prayer. It's a great outline of prayer that we should be praying: "Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those." In other words, if I, as we forgive those who trespass against us, this is who I am. This is my DNA. I've been forgiven, and I am a forgiver. And let me just say, especially if you're struggling with the issues of bitterness let me tell you something if you're facing it head on it doesn't mean it's easy how many of you know uh when you put sometimes it's hard to put away things that you've been so ingrained with all your life it's hard just to one day wake up and say hey i forgive and 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 i I love you man come on give bring it in bring a hug because we've been stained on some level to this thing and so if you're battling with it let me just give you some wise counsel today every morning when you wake up you say i'm i'm gonna to choose to forgive. Lord, forgive me as I forgive. And I'm forgiving completely, even though I may not feel it in my heart right now. I know you're working within me a heart to uh, to forgive. And so today I forgive. And and, and here, oh, am I going to get ahead? I, yeah, I am going to get ahead. I'm not going to say that part. Uh, I'm just going to make it my life. And let me just tell you, if you make it your life, and if somebody have walked through this and you can vouch for me, you just say, amen, while I'm talking, because it may take a while in your life. But before long, before long, with this therapeutic, hey, I'm hammering this cancer in my life with the, with the God given, if there is such a thing, I'm going to use the chemotherapy. Therapy thing. I'm hammering this thing. I'm killing this thing. I'm getting to the root because I'm going to forgive, and I'm not going to be bitter all my life. Because the bitter water wasn't better. The bitter water was no good. I'm not drinking the bitter water. I'm going to be a forgiver. And you hammer your your life. You hammer your prayer closet with that. You're going to wake up one day with compassion in your heart for the person who 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 offended you, who was ugly, mean, rude, and crude, and sociably unfittable in your life, and. Said things they should not have said and done things they should not have done. Oh, you'll be able to even as Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them. They just don't know what they're doing. You just make it your life. This is who I am. I'm a forgiver. You forgive continually. Number two, you forgive correctly. Now, I'm going to use a little bit of wordplay here, but uh, verse eight, verse twenty-four. The, I made you kind of look at this. And when he had begun to settle accounts. No oh, no no verse 23 it says the kingdom of heaven is like a certain man who wanted to settle accounts with his servants no he's talking about a heavenly god let me just say god wants to settle accounts with us he doesn't want to be cross-haired with us he wants to have fellowship with us he wants everything to be right with us and so, you've gotta, you've gotta understand something, that God forgave you correctly. He, hey, He looked at your life and He, and, and here's what it says He did for, this is what the, the Master did. He released Him and forgave Him. Everybody say released Him and forgave Him. In other words, He was in prison and, and He got Him out of prison and forgave Him. Listen, let me tell you what unforgiveness does. It puts you and everybody with you in prison. If you're walking in unforgiveness towards somebody, not only are you hey listen the person you have are at odds with they're in prison too, and this illustration you got to release them. You know what people? Here's the old phrase, which is really nothing but a a, a sham. I'll forgive, but I certainly am not going to forget. That's some. Um, Pseudo Christianese that basically says, I'm not forgiven one thing. You got to do this right. You got to, I'm releasing them. I'm releasing them. I'm not going to let them, I'm not going to put them in bondage to me. I release them. God bless them. I'm going to bless them. What did Joseph do with his brothers? He blessed them. He released them from from their fears and apprehensions. And really, man, it would just be great to get inside these brothers' brains a little bit. To, to Can you imagine the convo they had around supper that night? After Joseph wept in front of them and said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And He blessed them, He gave them food and took care of them. Can you imagine the convo they had at home? We've been walking in fear of this guy now for years. We just knew that when daddy died, this vindication would come upon us. And they'd come to find out our brother wasn't ever bitter. He's released us. And then he forgave us. You see, you can't hold people in bondage to their, to their... Mistakes in your life. You got to learn to love them and hug them. That brings us to number three. Hey, forgive compassionately. Forgive compassionately. Verse 27 says this Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him of his debt. Verse 35. So, my heavenly father, also will do to you if, you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother, his trespasses. Let me tell you something. Forgiveness is an attitude of the heart. And that's, that's what forgiveness is all about. What's, what's going on inside here? And let me just tell you, that Jesus looked down at us. He had comp- He's moved with compassion. We're like sheep without a shepherd. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Man, when you work through this thing, I'm telling you one of the most liberating things is becoming a forgiver. I'm going to forgive continually. I'm going to do it rightly. I'm not holding anybody in prison. I'm not holding anybody to their word. Uh, you know, I'm not... I'm not hey, I, I'm releasing them. They're pardoned. They're free to go. And I have compassion on them i'm from from my heart. And then number four: forgive collectively. Let me explain, not selectively, forgive collectively, because let me tell you something, what's a full pardon? It's a full pardon. When you're pardoned, it's full and complete. There's nothing left. You're completely... How many of you know the Scripture says that, that in Isaiah, come now and let us reason together. Those, though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be as what? As white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they'll be as what? Wool. It's a complete and full and absolute pardon. I love this. First, First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, plural, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Now catch this, and cleanse us from... Come on, y'all just missed the opportunity to really show some some vocal impact here. If we confess, what's it called? Emphasis. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice how collective that was. Aren't you glad that when you come to God and you say, Lord, forgive me of my sin, He's going to wash everyone, even the ones you forgot about, even the ones you didn't even realize were sin, you thought were well, you just being spiritual, but really you just being cranky. And, and you just think, hey, you know, I should have been judgment of that guy. He needs the judgment. Uh, and no, that was a sin. And even if you didn't know it, you come and confess your sin and right hearted. God just cleansed me. He'll, He doesn't collect, Actively. he's not selective he didn't look down on you and say well i'll forgive that but listen we need to talk about that yeah, I, i'm not no it's 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 every, just it's it's collective let's get it all over with you ever have issues with family that go way way back and you start trying to work through something yeah you start trying to work through something and, and you, you think you're making progress and then somebody bubbles up, well, you know what you did back in 1492. Uh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And, and then you're going, come on now. Let's get, let's put 1492. Is that some famous date that just popped out of my head? Let's put all of that in this pile right here and let's get it all done right now. Let's don't go back and pick and choose. Hello. who? You gotta watch Uncle Ed, man. He's sucker. He'll no. Let's just get it all over with. Who are you with me? Say amen. amen. I'm done. I'm all frothed up. I didn't mean to get frothed up. It's eight oh four. Who? Pardon me, Pastor Sonny. Listen, Jesus. Listen, if we don't, I think I let me you know what, I think I skipped the big thought of the day. Did I, I Did I just go past it? Or is it even there? Key thought for tonight. There you go, thank you. Forgiveness is the... That's great, it should have been at the end anyway. Forgiveness is the cornerstone of all healthy, long-term relationships. Without it, all relationships will inevitably crumble and the body of Christ becomes dysfunctional and defeated. Let's read it out loud together. Everybody ready? Out loud. Not just kind of mumble it out loud like you're, like you're trying to, you know, lend me your ears. Here we go. Forgiveness is the cornerstone of all healthy long term relationships. Without it, all relationships will inevitably crumble and the body of Christ becomes dysfunctional and defeated. It's true. It's true. It's the cornerstone of Christianity. It's the cornerstone of relationship. It's called, I forgive you. I really do. I forgive you completely. I forgive you continually. I forgive you correctly. Uh, Hey, I release you. I'm never going to bring it up again. What's done is done. What's past is past. Today is a new day. I release you. You're free from any any sense to pay me back. Close with one story. Before I went into full-time ministry, I was in the concrete business. I did swimming pool work. And I built, I poured concrete decks around swimming pools. I loved it. I made a lot of money. I, I uh, didn't realize how blessed I was until I went from manual labor into e-manual labor, uh, and my my income numbers dropped significantly. But on the last few months of my brother ended up buying me out, and I went into full-time ministry and equipment. There was a guy, and luckily I've forgotten his name now. That shows the sign. He was a pool builder and he drove a Lincoln and he was a new customer and he'd come up like whipping up to the job site before I'm even done with his checkbook wanting to pay me and I'm going, I don't trust this guy. Something's wrong with this guy. He And, and the first check he wrote me, I thought, this is going to bounce to Oklahoma. It, and I dashed to the bank and cashed it and it just went right through. He did me that way two or three times and on the, about the fourth one when I my, let my guard down the check came back, in not insufficient fund but stop payment or something. It's like $3,800. was a lot of money back then, Still a lot of money today. And so I found the guy. He had been hiding out. I found him. And went to his door. All his windows were—he had them covered up with towels and stuff. Evidently, he owed a lot of people money. And uh, had him had myself a little talk with him. Long story short, I carried that check with me into full time ministry. And I put it in my desk at the church. In the every time I'd open my desk, there's that check. I don't know what compelled me to do this it's because i had unforgiveness one day i pulled that open man i'm telling the holy spirit said what are you doing i said what do you mean why is it what about this check i mean i was busted i couldn't I i had no explanation and i said i don't know what i said but i was embarrassed all of a sudden i'm convicted I took the check out, and I tore it up in a bunch of pieces. And I said to the Lord, if this man comes in the church house tomorrow, I will love him. I'm, I, I, I release him. He owes me no money. I forgive him of this debt. I realize I've been carrying unforgiveness into full-time ministry, look at it every day, like a, some kind of prize or something. I just was so, what was I thinking? And so I just said to him right there at my desk, I said, brother, I forgive you. If you come through church today, uh, I owe you no money. Or you owe me no money. I forgive you. I release you of this debt. I threw it away. Well, that's kind of the picture here. And so with that in mind, let's say it one more time. Key thought for tonight. Forgiveness is the cornerstone of all healthy, long-term relationships. Without it, all relationships will inevitably crumble and the body of Christ will become dysfunctional and defeated. Let's stand together and pray. And ask the Lord to help us be forgivers. Father, tonight we thank you for your word and your will in our life, and Lord, we just want to be the episcopos, the episkope over our own hearts tonight. And Lord, not allow the root of bitterness to creep up and spring up in our life. Lord, tonight, if there's something we battle with in this bitterness battle, I pray that tonight would be the turning point. Lord, we just choose to forgive. We're forgivers. We're going to forgive completely, continually. We just thank you for it tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. amen.